0: what is up tube 1k challenge sean cannell here for session number three where we're talking about 10 things we wish we knew before we started youtube we have two special guests today and they have some tactics that are really going to help us really not just get started but even grow your existing channel but before we get into that shout me out where are you watching from on the uh, in the world and hit me with hashtag replay fam if you're watching this on the replay um in this session in just a second we're about to give away a, a microphone i'm going to welcome melissa on here i do have a quick tip for you and then we're going to get into the main content but i'm coming to you from the pacific northwest we got alabama in the house north uh east texas in the house uh virginia west palm beach florida welcome welcome we've got uh the live fam welcome for being here Sylvana, georgia let's go illinois denver in the house Really appreciate you being here. This is going to be a power-packed session. I'm going to welcome Melissa on, and I want to get into the main content as quick as possible. So, uh, Mel, what do we need to know for this giveaway?
1: Yes, so we are going to be giving away actually two things today, Sean, because you know how I love to just throw in some extra giveaways for people. And so one of the first things is we are going to be giving away this Rode Wireless um, it's the me clip on this is like the new version of the microphone that we told you guys we were giving away. This is an even better version um, that Sean just let me know about <laughs> really recently. So we're going to be giving this away to one person in the chat today. Um, really cool microphone system here. We also have this Um, DJI gimbal perfect for your iPhone if you're creating shorts or even your long-form videos on your phone this is just a really cool accessory to help you get some great footage so we're gonna be giving away both of these items to somebody who answers this question in the chat in order to enter to win all you need to do is let me know what has been your biggest aha moment from the challenge so far so Biggest aha moment. Let me know in the chat and I'll be picking randomly from people who answered that question um, to enter to win one of these two prizes. Now, I I am going to announce the winner in just a few minutes. So make sure you get your answers in really quickly. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple minutes while Sean does a quick tip um, for you guys to enter to win. Sean, go ahead and take us into that tip.
0: Awesome. And so every session we are doing a quick tip and uh, we've been learning about thumbnails and making a thumbnail in less than two minutes. We learned about Answer the Public and also Asked as some great uh, websites. But tip number three is the perfect video recipe. And we can't cover the whole thing, but we're going to cover one aspect that will help your next video perform better. And the reason we created the perfect video recipe, which we teach about in depth inside of Video Ranking Academy, is because I don't know about you if you've ever been in the kitchen and maybe been in this situation you know, whenever we start cooking, you, you don't just come out a master chef. You know, when you first start cooking, you're not Anthony Bourdain or Martha Stewart. Um, at least I'm not. And so uh, this is the picture of literally my wife and I and me getting in trouble. Just kidding. But that's, you know, uh, cooking can be hard. It can be frustrating. And especially If you don't have a recipe, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know the steps, if you don't know the order, but I'll never forget when we discovered something and it was called HelloFresh and HelloFresh is a subscription box. There's other ones like it where they ship you all the ingredients, the meat and the vegetables and the spices and the sauces. But one of the big keys is that it comes with this recipe card that just walks you through how to do everything step by step. And I'll never forget, because once a friends actually gifted us a subscription to HelloFresh, Immediately, I developed the biggest ego that you could ever imagine. I just thought that I became Anthony Bourdain overnight. I was like, I am I'm a world-class chef, you know what I mean? And my wife was like, relax, like you need to take a chill pill, you're really not that great. But even after I had the recipe, you know, truth is. You could still leave the oven on too long. You could still, I would i would get a few steps in and then I'd look back and I'd be like, oh shoot. And I was I was making these meatballs once and I realized like you were supposed to mix the onions in like while they were in that state. So I was like sticking them on the outside because they weren't actually mixed in the bowl when I was doing the ground beef. You still make mistakes along the way. The cool thing about the perfect video recipe is by just having it, you're gonna be a lot further along than if you didn't have it. But as you begin to use it over time, your confidence can grow, your videos can get better. And I want to encourage you one of the big keys is just stay in the kitchen. You know, if you want to get better at cooking, just keep going back to the kitchen, just trying again, learn from the last time you made. A meal. And when it comes to videos, just keep uploading videos and learn from the last one and then get better on the next one. And so here's the perfect video recipe. And we're just going to cover one ingredient today. But the four ingredients are the big idea the hook, the content, and the transition. All right. Worth writing down. And so we're going to focus today, though, on just the hook, which is really the first. 30 seconds now your hook might be 10 seconds it could be 30 seconds to be honest a hook could be even longer than a minute especially if one of your videos was a deep dive training or something like that but one of the reasons why the first 30 seconds matters so much is youtube actually tells us hey inside of your youtube studio this is how many people were still watching this video at 30 seconds so remember on our last session we learned that youtube is giving us signals and signs inside of the studio like they it's kind of like gary chapman the five love languages like youtube tells you it's love languages inside of the youtube studio Like if you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't know their love languages, it's a problem, right? You're buying them gifts and they're like, that's not my love language, I want acts of service. It's kind of like YouTube. It's like if you're focusing on the main content of the video but you're not focusing on the first 30 seconds, you're missing out on YouTube's love language for them to promote your video. So here's some mistakes that people make during the opening of their video for our quick tip today that I don't want you making on your hook, the first 30 seconds or so, the intro. One big mistake people make is wasting time introducing yourself. The first thing you say should not be, hey, welcome back, my name is Sean. I went to such and such college. I have such, nobody cares. Like what you wanna do is get straight to the point and get to value first. You may introduce yourself later, but there's no need to do it during the hook. Secondly, long bumpers in intro sequences. There's no reason in a 2023 world to have a fancy long bumper. You go to Fiverr and there's like shoo, graphics from After Effects. You pick out a royalty-free song. You're super pumped. This is not Friends the TV show. I'll be there for you. Sometimes I know when I can never be this way. Like, that's too long. We don't need those intros. You know what's funny is when they started syndicating the show, they cut it down because people was like, I got the point. I don't need the 30, 45-second, you know, theme song. Like, get to the point. If you're going to have a bumper or an intro sequence, I recommend it be five seconds. And uh, our, se- our, our Think Media bumper is is one and a half seconds. You gotta just press record. Like you gotta just press record and camera noise. And then there's a graphic that comes up with it. So as fast as possible and don't do it first, do the hook and then do a quick bumper. If at all, save time, don't even do it at all. And then not planning out your hook. Like you want to actually plan your hook out of time, uh, plan your hook out ahead of time and that can help it perform a lot better. So here's four quick tips for powering up your hook. One, open up with a qualifying question. A great way to open up the video is to be like, you know, are you trying to figure out how to install a double DIN CD player in a Honda Civic 2003? Well, you're in the right place because I'm going to show you exactly how. And it just is qualifying that the viewer is in the right place. Also remind the viewer they're in the right place. If you can reinforce that this this is a video they want to watch, this is what they're about to learn, or you can get straight into it. And then give the viewer to watch until the end. You might say something like, hey, in this video, we're going to be sharing three things I've learned about getting more views on YouTube this year. And make sure to watch until the end, because I'm also going to show you one of my favorite tools and some YouTube analytics that will let you know if you're doing YouTube right. And so you could very much articulate like, hey, watch until the end, but give people a, a reason to watch until the end. And then if possible, show and tell. What do I mean? You can get away with shooting videos where you just are on camera. I encourage it get a webcam, get a camera, get a USB mic, get your phone, just make videos. But if you can edit your videos or you can use props or video editing that has B-roll, which just means extra footage that shows what is about what they're about to see, it's a lot better than just you talking. As you're describing and, and articulating what's happening in the hook, if they're seeing clips of it, if you were going to do something DIY and they're seeing the final result, like do you want your – actual cooking video. Like this is the final result. We're going to make a lasagna like this. So let's get back to the beginning. And they're like, okay, cool. That's where we're headed towards. You know, we're going to actually end up with makeup done like this. Okay. Now we're coming back to the start no makeup applied. You're like, okay, cool. That's the destination that we are headed towards. So those are a few uh, tips on the Hook, and as a reminder, um, one of the things we teach on in depth inside of Video Ranking Academy um, is the perfect video recipe. And so, if you weren't on today's session, um, this special offer at VRAFam.com is open now. And so, in addition to that and so many other things, the perfect video recipe is in there. Actually, during the VRA Masters portion of uh, the training and so it's some of this deeper dive stuff that's going to help you make better videos get more views and ultimately get better results on YouTube and so with that um that was our quick tip of the day Melissa I'm excited for some giveaways
1: yes okay you guys know what we need in order to announce these giveaway winners we need some drum roll emojis in the chat right now and Sean I'm going to need you to get ready for a drum roll I what are, what is sean going to drum roll today put your guesses in the chat <laughs> he's going to drum roll there he, oh a phone that's awesome that's great that's definitely what we want to be drum rolling. <laughs> is that new iphone and the vra workbook oh, excellent all right i see some drum roll emojis in the chat we've got audra we've got marty robin amber oh amber oh doug so many drum rolls okay the winner of the road me pencil pouch clip on Oh, pencil pouch! Wow, we still have those. All right, the winner of the Rode wireless microphone is Michael Mock. Congratulations, Michael! You just won that Rode um, wireless Me clip-on microphone. And the winner of the gimbal, the uh, DJI Osmo. Gimbal is Bianca. Bianca Emery, congratulations. You won that gimbal. And we've got a winner of, I'm just throwing in an extra one of a YouTube Secrets book. We're going to do Raven Blue. You just won a YouTube secrets book just for fun, just because we feel like giving some extra prizes away. Congratulations to all of our winners. Um, please make sure you reach out to our team at thinkmediasupport.com to claim your prize. That's thinkmediasupport.com to claim your prize. And with that, Sean, I think we're ready to get into our session for today.
0: Amazing, amazing. All right, so hey, buckle your seat belts, shut out distractions, grab a journal, grab your pencil pouch grab your favorite highlighter and your tabs so that you can mark up all the tips uh, today. And uh, I'm excited for this session. We're talking about 10 things I wish I knew before starting YouTube, really 10 things every creator should know before they started. And we're gonna be learning from uh, two creators um, and business owners who are crushing it on YouTube, who have been through a lot of pain and challenges and setbacks, and have also built some powerful YouTube channels. So first I want to welcome Loida Velasquez. And uh, Loida, can you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and describe the vision of your channel and how long you've been on YouTube?
2: Yes. What's going on, everyone? My name is Loida Velasquez. I am a real estate agent. I got my license back in 2015, licensed in California and Florida. Pretty much when I became an agent, I remember going on YouTube to want to see what it was like to be a real estate agent but i really wasn't finding anything out there there wasn't a lot of content and the content that i was finding it was mostly men or older men talking about their experience and i wanted to see a woman's perspective so even though i had no experience with video or creating any type of content i almost took that as an opportunity to put myself out there you know record my journey as to what i was learning and that's kind of how my youtube channel got started i had no idea what i was doing i wish that you know the video ranking academy existed back then because i probably would be in a completely different level with my channel now Um, But I was just posting consistently what I was learning. And then over time, my channel started to evolve. I was doing mostly content for real estate agents to share with them what it would take to succeed. That's how I have remained consistent throughout the years. And pretty much the vision of my channel initially it was just me putting out my journey then it evolved to me creating courses and teaching other agents and now it has evolved to me being a a spokesperson for a lot of different companies and being able to travel and speak worldwide so the opportunities that have come about just because you know i decided to press record and put myself out there have been endless and i am so grateful for
0: I'm so excited to learn more tips from you, but then our second guest today is Rad Burmeister from Australia, from Utility Gym. Rad, can you break down what you've been up to on YouTube? How long? When did you start your channel? And what is it you do on YouTube?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So we joined, I say we because I've got a business partner, my brother, and we joined YouTube in 2014. We Back then, we ran a gym in north sydney called unity gym and we uh we were basically we just did it because it it seemed like it was the right thing to do it's we could just see the movement with social media and people were we saw some of our friends have some really big success on instagram and we just it was honestly it was just like well i guess we should do this we did it for several years really putting very little effort into it um by 2019 i think we had about 4,000 subscribers and we so my brother back then was managing youtube and he joined vra in 2019 late 2019 and we we just had huge growth straight away when he started to implement the vra principles we've since then sold our gym and we run an online business only so that's given me location freedom i now have moved outside of sydney and i now manage the youtube Oh, well, all of our social media. I have three video editors uh, full-time that work for us and one um, graphic artist. And I, our business is a mobile app. So we have a fitness app. And our YouTube channel is our pillar platform for creating awareness and driving traffic towards our um, fitness app.
0: Man, I love it. Such an inspiring story. And I'm excited to learn so many tips today. So you submitted some... Um, Powerful tips. As we kind of asked, what are some lessons that you've learned? And we've kind of consolidated those, and so I'm going to be passing the mic back and forth through these ten tips that we need to know. And tip number one is start before you're ready. Rad, you, you talked about the importance of starting now, and you said you wish you gave YouTube attention early on. Um, what do you wish you know everyone watching this w- would know when it comes to starting before you're ready?
3: The incredible opportunity that YouTube is, its uh, and, and social media in general, but for us, I mean, we're on all the, the major platforms. We're on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, but YouTube is by far the biggest generator of leads and business for our business by a country mile. We've got more subscribers on YouTube. We just ticked over 55,000 subscribers, so that's um, more than all of our other channels, and it when we've interviewed our best clients, people that have been with us for the longest, they all found us on YouTube, all of them. And because YouTube is evergreen content, like our, our best performing videos kind of make me almost cringe now because we filmed them like six or seven years ago and they've had hundreds of thousands of views. Um, our best performing videos creeping up towards a million views and the <clears throat> I just didn't understand the 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 opportunity that we had and that everybody has with youtube I really didn't I saw it as like a a hint like something that got in the way of what we had to do, and it was always like, oh, okay, we've got to film some content and I'd run out once a week for an hour and just try to rush some content out and so if I knew what I know now, now my entire job like my priority with my business is to create the best content possible and I wish I knew back then now how valuable that would be for our business. I really do.
0: That's powerful. And uh, Lloyd, I'm curious from you. One of the things when it comes to like start before you're ready is I know for me personally, there's a lot of mindsets just that we roll in our mind over thinking sometimes thinking about what are people going to think and um, all this stuff. Did you experience any resistance when you thought about originally putting yourself out there on camera or what was some of the stuff when it comes to you wanting to start, um, but maybe some resistance you faced?
2: Yeah. You know, I felt that I probably needed more experience or better equipment or, Back then, I wasn't a public speaker. I never have felt comfortable in front of a camera or talking to people. Even growing up, when I was in high school and in college, I was the type of student that if the teacher wanted a volunteer or asked a question, I would be putting my head down, making sure that we didn't have any eye contact because I was just that type of person. So um, there were a lot of things holding me back, but at the end of the day, I, I almost made it a challenge for myself to just start recording, and what's funny is that, I, I mean, I was really bad in the beginning. You can go back to my videos, 2015. I'm like talking really fast, running out of breath. And I remember people leaving me comments, calling those things out. And it would bug me because I'm over here trying to create content and people are seeing the flaws in me, but that didn't stopped me. I knew that, you know, there was a bigger goal in mind. I wanted to create a brand for myself, awareness. Um, I'm in an industry where there's hundreds of thousands of agents. So I knew that video was going to help me separate myself from everyone else. So it was just staying focused on that and knowing that over time I was going to get better. I was not perfect from the start. And that's just pretty much the route that I took. And I knew that I had to be consistent and just, you know, forget how I feel or what I think people might think of me. I just need to do this.
0: So powerful, and Rad, you you hit on something where a lot of us can feel like we have a fear of not being an expert. And you actually kind of mentioned like like you don't really have to be an expert. You can people can learn from you where you are right now. Break that down a little bit.
3: Hundred uh, percent. In in the fitness industry, I think one of the one of the biggest fears that I had was. I, I've always had coaches and I always search for a new coach. And so I'm always working with somebody that's better than me. And the people that work with me are obviously working with me because I'm better than them and I have something to offer them. And it took me a really long time to get over that because I was always comparing myself to people that I was learning from and thinking, well, I'm not nearly as good as as they are, but always benchmarking that off Um you know, fitness and calisthenics and the things that I was doing. And I thought, well, how how can I really be somebody that's trying to help other people when there's people out there that are so much better than me? But the truth is, something I've learned over my decades of being a coach now is that my opinion, the best coaches are the people that are just a little bit ahead of where you are in your journey now. Um, I've worked with coaches that are way ahead of me, that are like 20 years beyond me. And they're less connected to where you are in your journey now. And so there's always going to be people who see you as somebody more valuable than the guru. There, there, really is, and that's something that I've that since I've, you know, punched that fear in the face and and gone with it, it's uh it's given me a lot of confidence, and I've seen uh, a lot more growth from it. And we get a lot of really good praise on our channel. I get a lot of comments daily from people saying that they think that this is one of the best fitness channels, and we're highly underrated, and X, Y, and Z. And so your perception of yourself. And where you sit versus other experts is not the reality of what your audience sees you as.
0: Such a powerful and encouraging point, which brings us to number two, which is you don't need the best camera. So, uh, Loida, you mentioned this that sometimes you had the fanciest camera, or once you got better stuff with amazing editing, it didn't mean that it would necessarily get better views or more views than not having as fancy of camera. What what has been your experience with this?
2: yeah so when i started my channel i was filming every single video for the first two years using my iphone and back then it was an iphone 6 that's all i had um i was starting youtube i knew that cameras could get pricey the one that i was looking at back then it was like around 700 dollars. and i said you know what once i know i'm 100 percent committed to creating content and i start making some money from adsense then i'm going to take that money and invest it and purchase a camera so what's crazy is that you guys can go to my channel and you can see the older videos that I have, which I film with this iPhone. The quality is not even the best. They have hundreds of thousands of views. And more recent videos that I film with like a 4K camera, you know, they're not getting as many views. So at the end of the day, it's not really so much the, the camera or the equipment is whether or not you're creating content that people are searching for that they actually want to learn about, whether it's a skill or whatever it is that they're looking for. And that's pretty much what has been my experience.
0: Yeah, I love that tip. And then Rad, passing it back to you, uh, number three is get clear on who your channel is for. And right before this, uh, it sounds like recently you took that to a whole nother level, especially as a business owner, thinking about like kind of your target audience, target customer. Uh, but but break this down on why this is one of the things you wish you knew back when you were starting YouTube.
3: Yeah, so we were, you know, we were making videos for, for everybody, you know, and, and when I was talking to the camera, it was, I had no clarity on who it was that I was talking to. And I would say things that I would then, we'd stop and we'd refilm it. And I'd think, oh, that, that's not going to make this person feel included or that's going to exclude that person. And the truth is that the more laser focused you get, um, you know, if you're you're not for, like if you talk to everyone, you're not for anyone. And so nobody will resonate with what you say and go, wow, this person really gets me and and I want to learn more from them. You're just too M.O.R., you know, you're too middle of the road. And so once we identified who our audience was, and and when you look at our YouTube channel, 85% of our viewers are men. And when you look at our customers, the people that are subscribers of our app, the vast majority are men and and the vast majority are actually between the age of 35 and 45. And so once we started to understand that and we learned what people's interests were, it became so much easier to create content because I wouldn't question, should I make this video or shouldn't I? It just completely removed a whole bunch of ideas of, no, my audience wouldn't wanna know that. And it made me far more confident on the ideas on the big ideas of the videos that I was going to make because I was like, "Yeah, that is the kind of thing that this person would would want to see." And it's funny because it's actually who I was ten years ago. um, Who our best audience is, you know?
0: That's a powerful tip that you mentioned. And if you're watching this um, in our challenge or um, in the replay. Who were you five or 10 years ago? One of the best YouTube channels you can make is just serving the person you were yesterday, which is a pretty good person to serve because you were that. You can empathize with that. You can put yourself into those shoes and then you can share the learnings and lessons from where you are now. So that's so powerful. And we've been talking about how clarity is power and how getting really clear on that. Let's head it over to number four here. And Rad, we're gonna stay on you. Uh, Number four is research before you press record. And you talked about the importance of planning, thoroughly researching, and preparing before you press record. And in just a second, I'm going to ask Loida kind of her process of coming up with content ideas. But for you, what has been, why is this such a big deal?
3: Man, this is huge. In all honesty, this is one of the biggest wins that I've had in recent times. I didn't used to do this. We, we, we used to, uh, we'd sit down and we'd go, oh my God, we've got to, film some videos today. We don't have any content for next week. What are we going to do? Oh, let's do this. And of course, that's just really, it's so hit and miss. It's kind of like throwing mud against a wall and hoping that it will stick. And since I've really committed to VRA and the seven the seven R's, I, I spend a lot of time researching. And so I have a, a, a Google Doc and I have um, my research. So I've got my big ideas. I've got uh, a tab for the best, the highest search keywords that are in my niche that I can reflect back to at any time so that I don't always have to keep searching for what's a high search keyword. I can just go back to that tab and go, oh, that's right. Those keywords are uh, pretty, pretty highly searched for. Um, And I found that in the earlier stages that I would use that a lot. I would use a lot of, um, you know, what are people searching for and what do I think I can do well? But the further I go along the journey, the ideas come to you more easily because when you've got more content out there you get more engagement from people you get people asking questions and you know you can start using the asq strategy the ask answer specific questions and so now the research is one of the biggest things that i do i'll spend a lot of time researching something and the biggest win for me lately is really uh coming up with that big idea being really really clear on okay what's the big idea of this getting my title dialed in and i'm spending a lot more time creating titles now before i press record and then also coming up with the thumbnail if it's a long form and doing that makes it so much easier to create content that's good and i've i really only committed like thoroughly committed to that process probably in the last month or so and i'm seeing incredible growth from that Um, my videos are getting a lot more engagement so yeah it's really cool
0: i love that you shared that and you know What's also kind of cool about the the VRA system is after you've started with it, and once you get some momentum, and once you get some views and you get some subscribers, you mentioned, it's you can always double down on it, but eventually a momentum kicks in where there's kind of endless content to make because your community is giving you a feedback loop of what content to make next, and it's kind of inexhaustible. So research is so powerful, but eventually to your point of ASQ, Really, you just have your community kind of doing the research for you and vocalizing the themes for you. You just start going, wow, like a lot of people, I wouldn't have thought to make this video, but they're giving me that feedback. So I just want to encourage that you're watching this when you're just starting. It's nice to have tools like Answer the Public and some of the keyword research tools we talk about to get you started, but eventually momentum picks up. And so loyda I'm curious for you though, um, even from where you have been, but even where you are today, How are you coming up with different video ideas and what does uh, you preparing for shooting videos look like?
2: So it's kind of similar to what Rad was mentioning. Um, Instead of Google Docs, I love to use Trello. So anytime that I have an idea that comes to my mind, I put it on Trello. I have different cards for like a long form and a short form. Um, just through all of the videos that I have created in the past, looking at the comments, the questions that people are asking, I use those also as possible topics to create content. I do a lot of polls on my community tab on YouTube, on Instagram. um, because what I have noticed is that sometimes I come up with these great video ideas and I think, you know, these are great titles And then i go ahead and create a video and it doesn't really get a lot of views so i want to make sure that i'm creating content that people actually want to watch um that they're searching for the comments that they leave the feedback that i get that's kind of where i get a lot of the the ideas of what i come up with and just kind of similar to what rad was mentioning i'm now more intentional first of thinking of the title and the big goal of that video, and then also how I can end it and where I can direct people to either a playlist or another video so that they stay within my channel for a longer period of time.
0: So strong, and let's take it to number five, and this was our quick tip of the day, but we'll circle back on it. Number five is start your videos with a strong hook. And one of the lessons you learned was starting with the hook instead of a long intro or a short trailer and so what is it that you've learned about hooks
2: just like you were mentioning right before we got started with with all of this you know I used to put the short trailer with the music and the everything and then when I you know did the program and then you guys were like no you got to get straight to the point I saw more engagement on my videos. People were sticking longer. Obviously, if they're watching my videos, they probably know who I am, so I don't have to say my name again. And it's just, I don't know, I like it better because I'm just getting straight to the point. If you come to my channel, if you watch my videos, there's no fluff, like you're getting straight, like all of the information that I'm providing you. So having that strong hook coming up with it before you press record, it's really going to allow you to have a better understanding of how you want to do the video. And again, where you want to direct them at the end, whether it's to another video that could be, you know, attached to that one or a playlist. And that's something that I learned through the program. Um, I was not doing that before, but once you guys mentioned, you know, at the end, send them to another video that can relate to what you just talked about. I've been doing that and, and yeah, I've noticed great results.
0: Amazing. That kind of taps into our sixth point, which was end your videos with a CTA to another video or playlist. And I am curious, uh, Rad, um, how you think about creating videos, maybe putting videos in series or um, how many videos you shoot at once and then how you're
3: ending your videos. Uh, So that's been a huge um, development for me recently from uh, because I actually, I went through VRA over a long period of time, I would watch one or two lessons, and then I would implement for a week or two or three, and then I'd go back and watch more lessons, I didn't just cram it all in. And I found that that was really useful. And one of the things that I've been doing just recently is to create video series. And so rather than to make one long video, that uh, might go for 20 minutes, I'll turn that into three shorter long form videos. And I've even done that with some shorts and I've had some success. I recently made a six video series on how to do better pull-ups with shorts and they did really well. And you know, I was just testing out, um, you know, putting the one of six, uh, two of six in with the title. And so that's been a big part of it. And also something else that I've done recently which is a big change. <laughs> and it just makes me cringe to think that I used to do this because it makes so much sense. I used to do that. Well, thanks for watching. I hope you got value out of that. And if you like and subscribe, and I completely don't do that anymore. So an example would be, I just did a video on, uh, say on shoulder flexibility, and this was a follow along routine. And I, I go through the routine and without giving any hint that the video is over, I say, so we're working on shoulder flexibility here. You've got to make sure that you keep working on hip flexibility. And if you click or tap and then immediately, you know, my videos video, video editors bring up the uh, end frame that has me on the side pretty much exactly like the one that you guys use. And, uh, you know, a video here and a video here. Sorry, I'm trying to <laughs> get that right. And then I'll have the video that I'm referring to there and then best for viewer um, there. And uh, yeah, so that's an old one. Um, that's really old. <laughs> it's about seven years. But any of my newer long-form ones, you'd see it at the end. Um, and so that's uh, that's been really huge. And just with hooks as well, for me, what I found was I actually got rid of the bumper in our videos because I noticed that every single video where we brought up a bumper, bang, retention went off. Yeah, so this is the video that I was referring to. And as it finishes, I kind of just go... Uh, I'm saying, you know, you got to make sure you're doing this and you got to make sure you're doing that, but you'll see it in a sec when I go and just click or tap the screen there and there it is. Um, Yeah, I I got rid of my bumper completely. So we don't have um, bumpers in videos anymore. So I have a hook where I tell my video editors that I want them to put like 80% of their editing effort into that first sort of 30 seconds. And then the rest of the video, they don't need to put as much effort in and no bumper and we got better retention. So sorry, I know I jumped around a bit there.
0: Yeah, that's great. And so many powerful tactics. Um, uh, What has been your aha moment so far? um, If you've been consuming this, number one is start before you're ready. Number two is you don't need the best camera. Number three is get clear on who your channel is for. Number four is research before you press record. Number five is start your video with a strong hook. Number six is end your videos with a CTA to another video or to a video playlist. And then there's been a bunch of juicy nuggets just in the middle. So what's been one of your aha moments? Of course, smash the like and heart button because people are still jumping on here in our Tube 1K challenge. But we're gonna keep it going with our special guests. And number seven is learn YouTube optimization best practices. And so Loida. You mentioned a couple of these, whether it was the about section or thumbnails. And so what are some of the things that you've learned whether in VRA and just on your journey in general that we can apply to our content?
2: Yeah, you just mentioned the about section. I feel that that is something that a lot of people neglect, especially when they're starting their YouTube channel because um, uh, something that I see a lot is You know, I go to someone's YouTube channel, I don't know who they are, where they're at, what they do, how can I get a hold of them? So really being specific there on who your uh, content is for. Also in my descriptions, before I would just do like a one line. Now I have learned to be more descriptive in my videos, what the video is about so that people know exactly, you know, what the content they're gonna get and all of that is. Um, With tags, I know that you guys have mentioned, you know, we don't really have to focus a lot on that, but I have learned to use vidIQ, it's a really helpful tool. Little things like that, I feel that have really taken my channel to the next level from when I started because when I started, I wasn't doing any of this. You know, I, I wasn't putting videos on playlists, I wasn't naming my playlists in a way that could possibly be searchable. And after I went through the program, I went back and I started to do all of these little tweaks and I have seen um, more engagement, more retention and more subscribers.
0: I love that. And you know, one of the things we've been talking about in this challenge is how there's some new updates and one of the new updates that YouTube has made that we actually have to change as well is the very first line of your about page is now kind of like a tagline that YouTube is putting right on our homepages. So you've got your name, you've got your at handle, and then it tells you your subscribers and the amount of videos. And then it has like this first line, which, is a whole new um, opportunity to, in about 50 characters or less, have, uh, again, a tagline. And and we haven't updated ours on Think Media because we're assuming we have more um, time in the description. So it says, thanks for checking out Think Media on YouTube, which is fine if that's relational on the about page, but it's actually not updated for best practice right here. So we're going to be changing that. And that's kind of a new piece of information for being here in the challenge Um, just to think about not just your about page, but that first line of your about page becomes kind of like the one sentence that tries to summarize up what your channel is about, the value the audience is going to get and who it's for. Rad, is there anything you've been doing in terms of how you optimize title, create playlists or things you do on your channel um, that you've been doing lately we can learn from?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this is actually a really new development for me. I've been listening to a, a bunch of stuff from some content creators and from you guys. And I'm very recently making a shift away from doing titles that are keyword heavy to rather shifting towards more doing titles that relate to what a person would read and that would entice them to click and it is a relatively new experiment for me, but in early days, I, it seems to be working better. And it actually even is driving the way that I'm creating my content as well. Like it, it ties in with that big idea. When I come up with a title that thinks that is targeted more at what a person would read and be enticed to click rather than what would come up in the search algorithm, then that influences the big idea and it absolutely influences the hook and i've only been doing that for about two or three weeks which means that the content that i've been producing has only been starting to get released this last week and it's i've had some really really good results in early days so that's um that's a big one for me and and my personal experience and my feelings from you know watching some of the really big youtube creators that i look up to um, is that that is something that is going to produce better results than what i was doing before
0: yeah, there's no doubt about it. And this is one of the reasons why we update VRA is that really your content should be keyword informed because it, it, it reveals intent and the topics that your audience wants to learn about. However, you really want to be writing for humans, not for robots, right? When it comes to Mm -hmm. titles. And in some cases, there's almost two different styles of videos. There's still the power of kind of the keyword search based traditional title. And in some cases that might be the best, but in some cases it's, um, not keyword based at all. It doesn't reveal anything. It's going after kind of mystery based And, uh, you have that opportunity, like some of the stuff we've been doing on, on think media, like. Why going viral can hurt you, or uh, these mistakes can kill 92% of YouTube channels. That's that's a different approach than like how to write a YouTube title. Both are mm-hmm. good, and learning the skill set of both. And you're absolutely right. You're really tapping into more kind of a viral technique when you go with some of those other styles of title. Yeah.
3: And- and I've been working with the other style that you're describing for a while now. And so I feel like I'm good enough at that, that I want to try this other style of title. And you'll see it. It's, so, um I mean, that example at the top there, there, there is an older style, they're game changing shoulder mobility, like shoulder mobility exercises is a key word, like it's very, very heavy. But if you went to my shorts, you'd see some of, and I, this is what I mean. it's probably only the five most recent, I haven't even looked at them. Um, uh, yeah, these are some of those are, are, um, are some of the sort of newer style of, of, um, of titles that I've been using. But it's um yeah it's cool it's uh it it it's it's pretty exciting and it gives me gives me new direction with what I'm doing so I'm happy with that
0: I love it well number 8 is one of my favorite tips because I know we're busy I know that getting it all done in every season of life whether it's kids whether it's business whether it's you go full time on YouTube and then things get more uh complex and you're building uh, the next stage out so number 8 is get more done in less time with batch recording. And so Loida, talk about as a busy agent and investor and content creator and you run events now and you've had the evolution of your career. How has batch recording helped you? And describe for us not only what that is, but when it's batch recording day, what'd you do the night before? What'd you what do you do that morning? What's your routine? What do you eat for breakfast? And I'm kind of serious. Like what like walk us through it, like as you approach a day where you create more than just one video in one batch.
2: So when I first started my YouTube journey, you know, it was kind of just picking my phone. I had an idea. Let's film it. Obviously now as I have gotten busier, it's gotten to the point that I really have been more intentional about batch recording. And it's something that I wish I did back then. So what that looks like now is that every two weeks I like to sit down and write down a lot of different video ideas that I have and kind of what I want to be shooting um, in the next week or so. I take a look at the comments, the the feedback that I'm getting, and the day for batch recording. That looks like almost five hours of just recording. In the morning, I get up. The night before, I'm taking a look at exactly what I'm going to be filming the next day. Um, I separate whatever clothes I'm going to wear. I have like five or six different types of shirts that I can change out of. That way, I'm wearing different stuff depending on what I'm doing. Um, what I'm eating for breakfast, I like to eat something healthy. I don't want to be heavy. Um, if I eat something that's too heavy, then I'm going to feel like lethargic and I want to just fall asleep after a couple of videos. And then for the actual day of shooting, um, I make it very clear with my videographer, you know, these are the videos that we're going to record. Um, we're just going to keep the, the camera rolling. If I mess up, I'm going to continue. We're not going to stop and restart from the start. And that's kind of how that has been. It has really helped me. It was definitely difficult when I first started just because of how I initially began back in 2015. But over time, I think that as you're a content creator and if you really wanna grow this, you have to learn to adapt and be able to do these changes so that you're more efficient and productive with your time.
0: Such a well-put answer and you've really dialed in the system. And I wanna encourage you, um, you know, one of the th- things that you'll see is that both Rad and Loyda have gone to a place where they've got a videographer now that's with them and editors that are helping or people that are are there. But but batch recording is something that is actually a huge key to even getting to that place. You know, I know for me, what I would do is. You know, I would the night before make sure my batteries were charged and make sure that I had my videos planned out, usually in a Google Doc. And then it would just be scheduled on my calendar to set the camera on a tripod and have a selfie screen. If I didn't have the selfie screen, I'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to test to make sure the shot was right. And then 30 minute record limit days. And luckily phones and new cameras don't have that, but there's all different levels. You can make this work with whatever you have. And I would try to shoot, you know, four videos in one setting, sitting so that I could then release one video a week over a month and only film potentially one day a month. And I wanna remind you to stick with us during the entire five sessions of the challenge because we're gonna go into even more productivity tips on session number five. This is session number three, but session number five, we're gonna go even deeper. But the next one is create multiple income streams um, multiple streams of income. And so rad, uh, break this down. You have got this great channel. You mentioned there's been an evolution of your business. So maybe there's been different seasons of this. You're definitely monetized. So you kind of have the YouTube side and you guys have created an app, which is software as a service essentially. And right. And you've got kind of that whole side. So kind of break down this idea of uh, earning money in what would be the creator economy.
3: Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest thing for us is that we, when, when we, I'm a personal trainer, right? So we didn't, we learned how to do content creation, you know, so much of it from VRA. And we started, uh, when we started, we were just hopeless at creating videos. But what happened was at about 2018, 2019, my brother and I, we realized that so my brother's my business partner, that we had all our eggs in, in one basket of our gym. And Yanni said to me, what's going to happen if something happens to our gym, we need another um, income stream. And I said, well, what would happen to our gym? And he said, I don't know. But what if it did? And I'll never forget it. When he said that to me, I I almost went white like a ghost and this sick feeling in my stomach, you know, because I was a new dad. And I just i would never even considered that what happened. And so that was the point that we decided to start creating online programs. And that was a pretty new thing back in 2018, 2019. There were fitness people that were doing it, but it certainly wasn't like what it's like now. And we had some very big success early on. We were fortunate enough that we were able to leverage our YouTube channel. And then when COVID hit in 2020 and the world was forced to shut down, we had all this infrastructure in place that was ready to just be sort of put the foot down on the gas. Like we had our cameras. um, We had our studio in the gym. We'd already created a space for all of this for, for a podcast studio. Um, We had the, the online programs that were ready to be deployed. And so it wasn't like we were doing something new. It was just like, okay, well we have to close the gym. We're in lockdown. Let's just amplify this. And so we started going live daily and doing live workouts And we had massive growth during um, COVID because of that on YouTube and online. And our online business started to really take off. And what happened post-COVID where we were in in North Sydney, the small businesses in North Sydney didn't recover from COVID because the big businesses, they just kept people working from home. And so the foot traffic that small businesses like our gym and like cafes and like retail stores that relied on, um, so many of them closed down and so for us we were able to just say okay well this is more financially viable for us to continue this online business than it is to try to continue the gym and if we didn't have that i don't even know where we'd be now but it wouldn't be in a good place and that's just one example and then if you look at you know youtube monetization um you know through youtube ads and um what you can do with other platforms uh yeah i think the idea of diversifying revenue streams and looking at different different ways that you can make money that wouldn't be impacted where, I mean, in our case, when one was dramatically impacted, the other one just took off. It, it was, it, it was life-changing for us.
0: Man, it's such a powerful story. And Lloyd, I'm curious, um, when it comes to multiple incomes uh, streams, we're talking about 10 things we wish we knew when we started. And when we asked you ahead of time, you said you kind of, you would have become an entrepreneur. And as with the entrepreneur thinking, it would have been kind of multiple income um stream thinking and creating some type of lead magnet magnet or email list so that's some rich topics break those down of what you wish you would have done differently and what we can do as we're learning from you
2: yeah so when i first started i would have never in a million years thought that creating content would have led me to multiple streams of income So for me, I was just kind of doing it as a hobby of recording my journey as a real estate agent, putting it out there. If someone learned something valuable, great. If not, it it wasn't a big deal to me. And then over time, I started to generate business from my YouTube videos. I started to get clients that were looking to either buy or sell. I started to get agents sending me referrals. And then that's when I started to see, you know, this is really powerful. The fact that I have put myself out there is helping me in my real estate business. Over time, as I was getting questions and comments from agents as well in regards to what I was talking about, I saw that there was a, also a need for training content for new real estate agents. So that led me to create a new agent boot camp. Initially, you know, I have no clue as to how to do funnels or anything like that. I have never even been involved or researched at that point. Uh, I was. I just told myself, you know what? I need to create something because clearly there's a need for it. I did that in 2020, um, and to my surprise, I had 60 people sign up the first time, then 100, then it kept on growing. And then I said, you know what? I'm onto something. And then along with that, you know, the affiliates, so many different companies that I was already using for my business were reaching out. I was signing up. So then that was another stream. And then over time, as I have continued to grow, there have been partnerships and sponsorships, um, five-figure type of sponsorships that if it wasn't for me putting myself out there, I would have never gotten that. And even recently, one of my favorite companies that I use in my business reached out to me about a week and a half ago because they want me to be their spokesperson for their company and create content specifically for them. So, I mean, there's just so many different things that have come about. And that's one of the things that I wish I knew in the beginning and going back to creating a lead magnet. um, I didn't have something to, you know, that where people could download or give me their email address. I wasn't collecting any of that. If I was, I know that my email list would be so much larger. So if I did have, you know, an event that I wanted to promote or a training that I wanted to do, I would already have so many more people that I could inform of that. And it wasn't until later on in in the years of me creating content that I came up with something. But those are just some of the things that I'm just really grateful that I really stuck to this. And if you're watching this and you're like, well, I don't know where to begin, don't worry. I've been there and I figured it out.
0: Wow. So encouraging and so many different opportunities to make money in the creator economy. And they just continue to increase. We really get to almost like choose your own adventure um, and kind of design the business that we want to design learning new skills as we go. And so um, after number 10, I actually wanna ask kind of a bonus question. I'm curious about your video podcast that you've started. We've had a lot of people asking about that and you have a Spanish channel, so uh, I I wanna touch on that. And if you do have a question, we do wanna uh, land the plane and honor our guest time, but if there's any point of clarity, um, put four question marks before and after your question. Uh, But number 10, Rad, and, and here's how you said it, Number 10 is commit to the process. And you said you really get what you put in. There's so much more to YouTube success than just filming crap and posting it. So commit <laughs> to learning, growing, and putting in the work. You know, explain maybe how what the way you used to think and then how you think about YouTube now when it comes to committing to the process.
3: Yeah, so as I said before, the way that I used to think about it, it was always a distraction. It was a, it was like an, an afterthought. It was like something that, like my brother used to say to me, he'd go, Rad, we need some new content. And I'd go, oh, God, oh, right, here we go. Okay, let's go and film some content. And we'd go out and film it. And and then he'd take care of editing it and publishing it and everything. And it was always just such a distraction for me. I, I I just didn't see the value of it. And, the, you know, committing to the process now, it's – um. it's it for me it's just getting better and better and better it's this one percent better in every single video and so I'm my process now is I'm balancing putting out as much content as I can with not putting out crap and really trying to make sure that it's really valuable and I'm fortunate that I have a team of three video editors who work full-time for me and we have daily meetings and I've been empowering them lately to give me ideas and say, "What do you guys think that we could do better and they're coming at me with things they've given me some really, really good ideas in fact, one of them um i'm a, my first ever vlog, which is about a ten or eleven minute video of a sort of a day in my life um is getting published this uh Monday based on my video editor saying, you know, Rad, you should do some content that's more broader, that goes to, that isn't so niche to the fitness industry that maybe people would relate to just because you're a dad and because you work from home and you run a business. And and I was quite afraid to do it, but I I did it and I just gave them the footage and I'm so impressed with what they came back with. I'm really excited to see how it goes. And so committing to the process for me is, it's just never, ever settling. And it's, and it's this idea that, um, understanding that the, the process is like I have a goal and I have an end goal and I have, um, you know, things that I want to achieve. But there's never a point that that with the process of video creation where I hit something and I go, ah, now I can sit back. I'm just always moving on to the next thing. And so my process now is, you know, batch filming is huge for me. And what I find is I actually almost have film weeks, like I'll have a week where I'll do a couple of days where those are the the days that I'm filming and then there'll be enough content for my video editors to be editing for several weeks. And then I'll spend that time just reviewing, tweaking edits that they've done and really just researching, researching, coming up with better titles, getting really good ideas. And then I'll have a whole bunch of ideas. And when I come to my next filming week, um, I'll have to choose the ones that I'm going to do, you know, because I've got so many ideas and I'm like, Oh, that one's going to be a good one. Or that one's not going to be so good. And and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just this ongoing process and I'm only really starting to see the benefits of it. I'm really starting to hit some milestones with growth and with views and with engagement. And, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's very exciting.
0: So inspiring. And we're going to land the plane in just a second, but the, we've just gone through 10 powerful tips and, really a lot of juicy nuggets in between there but some of the other things that have been coming in our community one has been about really starting a podcast and specifically a video podcast because youtube has launched new podcasting features but i'm curious loyta uh one of the things you have here that's cool to see and i think since last time we even talked um this looks like it's something new it seems like you're on episode 14 why did you start this and what is kind of your thinking and strategy behind doing this and i think of course when just to define a video podcast, what what, I thought podcasts were audio. Well, that's the cool thing is that you can upload them on YouTube if you've got the video, but then they can go all across Apple and Google and all these other platforms. So what was kind of your vision and tell us about launching this and maybe a few things you've learned.
2: So one of the reasons that I launched that is because in my industry specifically, it's very male dominated. And if you go on YouTube, just like I mentioned earlier, any type of sales related trainings or videos, most of my competitors, they're all men. Um, And I remember getting a lot of comments from my subscribers asking me about a podcast and I didn't have one. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna create something and might as well record it on video and then also put it on any other platform, Spotify, where they can listen, because I wanna be the type of person that if I can create content and if I can have a schedule the way that I put it out, might as well just have it on video and, and in other places cause you never know where you're gonna reach people or where they prefer to listen. Um, so that's kind of how that podcast got started.
0: That's awesome. And then you also have another channel um, about in Spanish. And so some people do wonder, cause we have an international community here. Um, they wonder, should I do my channel bilingual? Um, how, what language should I do my channel in? What's your advice there? And uh, tell us a little bit about this other channel you've started.
2: Yeah, so this other channel that I started, I pretty much started to create content on it about a month ago, so it's pretty new. And one of the reasons that I started to do it is because Spanish is my first language. And a lot of the agents that follow me are also Spanish speakers. Like I mentioned way in the beginning, I am licensed in California and in Florida where a lot of the population here are Spanish speakers. And I was just always getting questions. Hey, Loida, how do you translate this into Spanish? So again, I saw that as an opportunity. So that's why I created that YouTube channel. What I'm putting out there is pretty much the exact same thing that I'm doing in my English channel, but it's all in Spanish. And the reason that I wanted to separate it is because uh, what's funny is that looking at my analytics, in my Spanish channel, most of my audience, they're between 44 and 65 year olds versus my English channel, they're 25 to 35. And I just want to be able to have them separated because maybe the Spanish speakers are not going to be looking at the English. And then I don't want to turn away anyone from my main channel that are like, you know, why am I watching the Spanish stuff? I don't speak Spanish.
0: Amazing. And uh, are you good? I don't want to put you in an awkward situation, but just to take a few questions, Rad, Loyda. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So, one of the questions that came in was um, if you did, I know you're both business owners before with the gym and real estate. Was there a point when you edited your own videos?
2: For me, yes. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and start. (laughs) Yes. So, when I started, I just started on iMovie I had my Mac that's all I had I learned on my own Um, once I got better with iMovie I knew that I wanted nicer transitions so then that's when I decided to pay for Final Cut Pro and I was just editing on that everything that I have done in my channel in the beginning I learned on my own Um, a lot of it was me watching Think Media to figure out how things were done but that's just kind of how how I started and then eventually handed it off to someone
0: else. Awesome. And then Rad,
3: how about you? So I actually never did the video editing for our channel, but we had an employee of our gym who did it and they were, because they were our um, administrative assistant and we identified it as a task and we just said, you know, this is going to be one of your jobs now. And, And so they were a complete amateur uh, video editor. Um, and they did it for a little while until we hired our first video editor. But I think everybody, you know, you have to start from somewhere and you, you just start with what you've got. Um, you know, I say this with people with fitness and their health, people are always talking about what they don't have and why they can't do it, but you just make do with what you've got. And the same thing goes with YouTube and with editing and with filming you, you make do with what you've got. You just commit to doing one video a week. Whatever you upload now, once you get to that 100th video, you're going to cringe at the first 10 videos that you made. And, and there's nothing you can do about that. That's just what's going to happen. So,
0: yeah, it's encouraging advice. And we do have kind of two different audiences watching this some that are starting kind of just in that creator economy mindset, starting a YouTube channel to monetize. But for the business owners, thinking about the leveraged activity, thinking about a team member, or somebody that's working uh, for you, or hiring an editor which is one of the next questions that came in. But I do wanna mention uh, a real estate investor friend of mine in the Pacific Northwest, Anton, actually hired his son. And there's a couple of people in our VRA community that had like, uh, and an admin assistant in the office of Keller Williams, um, and that's who's doing the editing. So there's just so many different ways to do it. One of the other questions is how much does an editor cost? And I know that there's a range of that, but I'm curious maybe in those early days, if there was anything, that you learned in terms of finding your first editor before they were maybe full-time or something like that. I'll go to you Rad in just a second, but Loida, what have you learned about employing an editor and the cost there?
2: Initially for me, it was kind of word of mouth. I started asking people that I knew if they knew of an editor that they would recommend or someone that was just kind of starting out. Um, What I have learned is that some editors are not reliable Um, if I have an event, if I need someone to come out, sometimes they don't show up, sometimes they do. So finding someone that is reliable, that knows what they're doing, that has like a quick turnaround time has been a process to find. But once I did find someone, um, they've been with me for like the past four years. And in terms of the price, it it really depends. You know, if you're just starting out, if it's within your budget, you really got to figure out and see who you're willing to hire if, or what they're, what type of editing they're willing to do for myself, I now have an editor that is good. They get paid monthly um, for doing a lot of different things. So it just really depends. It can be by video or just, you know, hired them full time.
0: That's great. And then Rad, any, any thoughts that you've learned on this journey of, of building out your editor team?
3: Uh, absolutely. F- personally, for me, we would never have been able to afford to pay an Australian wage for a good quality video editor. It's a it's a that's a it's a big wage. And when we were starting out, we just didn't have the budget for that. And so we hired our video editors in the Philippines. And we pay them when when we started it was around so they've, they, we've increased their wage year on year. Um, and when they started with us, I think it was around 600 US dollars a month for full time. And they were the video editors that we've worked with. They have grown in their ability in the same way that I've grown in my ability. And I see that as a good thing because my experience with talent, with when you hire people, is that when we've hired people within our country and within our locale, just like anybody, people always have their sort of ear out for the next best offer and the next best job. And you can put a lot of effort into training somebody who, you, who then, you know, just leaves after six months or a year. They say, look, I've found something better and I'm going to move on. And as a business owner, that is something that can be really crushing because you think that you're doing a really good job and you're finally getting to a point where this team member is, you know, doing exactly what you need them for. But what I've found with my team that I work with now, um, what we pay them and what we offer for them in their country is life changing for them. Like it's, it's, it's been life changing for their entire family. And so they see what we do as a huge, huge opportunity and, and something for them to hold on to. And through good times and bad, they've just been there. They've shown up and they've really given it to us. And I've, and, so for video editors, I haven't had a video editor in Australia, but I've had plenty of other team members. We've never had that level of buy-in from uh, team members in Australia. We've never had that. Um, and so that's my advice.
0: So great. Uh, one final question. And, um, I would love to hear an answer from both of you We'll start with Lloyd. uh, be dazed, be dazed asks, uh, how do you not get stuck in a perfection cycle, specifically around recording and editing? Any advice?
2: Sometimes you just you just got to put out the video because um, if not, it's never going to get done. Uh, it, there's been so many times, especially in the beginning, that I wanted you know certain transitions or the editing the editing to be done a certain way, or for the video to be perfect. And I would always find something, whether it was my hair and it was like sticking out or something in my teeth. But I say, you know what, someone needs to listen to the message that I'm giving in this video and I just need to put it out. Um, because if not, they might hear it from someone else or they, got, they might get misinformed. So that's what really motivated me to continue putting out the content, even if it was not perfect, even if I was stumbling over my words. And that's kind of how I just started to get better over time. Um, one thing that I also learned to do is to watch my videos and see what I could improve on for the next one. So for me, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I would talk really fast or I would run out of breath. So it's all about putting the content out, reviewing it and making the next one better.
0: So great. And then Rad, what is your thoughts for getting out of that perfection
3: cycle? Yeah, it's a good one. Version one is better than version none. And you will always find something that you can do better but in all honesty my answer for this question is almost a little bit of tough love how do you get out of the perfection cycle you just choose to like you're going to make a choice you're either going to decide that you're going to you know stay in this cycle where it's never good enough and you're just going to go back and back and back or you're going to decide that you're going to commit to filming a video and once it's filmed you edit it and whatever the best job you can do with that edit is you get it out there and it doesn't matter what you see in it that you think you could have done better, you, you move on to the next video. And for me, that's how I've been able to n- go from one video a week to one video a day to two videos a day now. Um, and it's uh, it, that's been a huge part of our growth.
0: Version one is better than version nine. So that's blowing up <laughs> in the chat. Uh, hey, let us know your aha moments and show some love to our guests. Loyda, if people want to connect with you shout out your stuff Uh, they can follow you uh, learn all kinds of cool stuff but where are you at online
2: yeah so you guys can find me on Instagram on YouTube and then just my website loydavelasquez.com
0: awesome send Loyda some love today and
3: let us know your takeaways and then Rad how about you Uh, So I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube, but without a doubt, YouTube uh, and Facebook, um, and it's all at Unity Gym. But uh, without a doubt, YouTube is the biggest one.
0: Rad, appreciate you so much. Can you show some love for our guests? um and uh thank you both for jumping on you're certainly welcome and we appreciate you being six month uh minutes past the top of the hour but as we land the plane i just want to do a quick announcement and then uh just hit two questions that came in uh, but drop massive love heart button thumbs up and uh especially for those that are just jumping on the replay as a reminder There's limited replays available of these five sessions. This was session number three of five sessions. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow. That's Saturday morning, depending on where you are in the world for session number three, we're talking about the 24 seven money plan. Um, And then that's session number four. And then number five, we're talking about 10 productivity tips with two other special guests. So if you saw how powerful this session was and all the nuggets and all the takeaways, then there's a lot more to come. So I want to, encourage you. Commitment is the foundation of all great accomplishments. Let's commit to finishing strong. Let's commit to finishing the challenge strong. And um, I also want to remind you that uh, we just opened the doors to a bundle we've never done before in regards to Video Ranking Academy. And so uh, VRA Fam is where the special offer is at. And Uh, As a reminder, our new AI for YouTube bonus is in there. And there's one day and six hours left at the time of recording this uh, where you can get into the full-time creator course that's included in the bundle. So you know our ethic and our passion here, Ethic Media, is no hype. It's just this is truly like the best bundle we've ever done when you get the workbook and camera confidence. The last time we are doing the Video Creation Made Simple Workshop Live, which is gonna help you with the tech and answering all that kind of stuff with access to Daisy and Nolan and Omar. Our Niche Finder course, our YouTube Shorts Masterclass, AI for YouTube. And if you join by the end of the challenge, we're gonna throw in the full-time YouTube creator course as well. And so VRAFam.com takes you to this special offer. If you've already joined, let, hit, hit me with a hashtag VRAFam in the comments. If you're already uh, a part and you've already made it in, uh, let me know. And uh, we're seeing all these aha moments, self love from Rad. Yes, uh, what time in the morning the class starts? You want to be there for 9:50 Pacific Standard Time for the giveaway. And we have more giveaways um, that are going to be happening. And uh, so many VRA fam members here. Thanks for joining, Audra. Welcome to the fam. Just joined uh, VRA fam, Austin. Welcome uh, Erica, thanks so much for joining. Great to see you Milan. Awesome. Whitney. So exciting. Uh, you know, this group will be shutting down. And so it's a little bit bittersweet, but the cool thing is the party continues, uh, inside of the video ranking Academy private group. And every week, every month, we're just building that community there. And so, um, thanks so much for, um, uh, sharing all your ahas and so many VRA fans. Thanks for everybody who's joining. Congratulations. Uh, for jumping in. Uh, Stefan, a welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, Lisa, congratulations. Thanks for being a part of the VRA FAM. Quentin, so grateful. Jens, uh, it's just so many. And remember, we are here for you. So you can head over to VRAFam.com. In the lower right hand corner, um, you can leave us a message. There's a little chat bubble. If you got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. The Think Media team, we're here. Uh, Our customer success team is here to answer your questions and help you. But if you go to VRA Fam, that is where all of the info is. And um, I want to thank you for being a part of this session. And I cannot wait to see you on session number four and five tomorrow. Or if you're on the replay, it could be happening at any time. So make sure to get there. And so thanks again. And we will talk soon.